right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. I am your host, Pizza Mind, and I am joined today by Brad Karn, the co-founder of Unstoppable Domains. Brad, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Unstoppable Domains has been one of these names and brands that has been rising rapidly in the crypto industry. And we need to find out why. What are you guys up to over there? What makes you so unstoppable? You know, give us the origin story. That's how we like to start off a lot of these podcasts. You know, what were you doing when you and your co-founder Matthew came up with the idea for Unstoppable Domains, and what really makes it special? Sure. So I guess I'll I'll, I'll start from what I think is the beginning. Uh, we both moved to San Francisco uh, end of 2012, early 2013, and at that time. Uh, Bitcoin was around, but uh, it was you know a very very small little niche community. Uh, we moved into this uh, co living building, this hacker house called Twenty Mission, uh, where a bunch of early Bitcoiners lived, and there were Bitcoin meet- <clears throat> meetups going back to 2012. There were uh, like there was a Bitcoin media channel running in 2013, and Exchange was launched before Coinbase. Uh, Vitalik gave a talk in the courtyard before Ethereum went live. Pretty much everybody was in some way, shape, or form involved in the crypto space. So we've been going to meetups, buying crypto, following along. Uh, and this problem of, of naming, of having identity identifiers on the blockchain uh, came up pretty early. And there was an attempt going back to 2011 called Namecoin. Uh, and I think the, the view inside of the Bitcoin community in 2014 was uh, there's no way this thing is going mainstream with all these crazy long addresses. So eventually we're going to have some sort of naming system because this current way is just not going to, not going to cut it. You know, I'm not going to be able to, you know, memorize 40 characters in order to send you. Yeah. Um, like maybe you and I can memorize our windows uh, license keys, but the average person cannot. Yeah. And, and even then, you know, what if we mess up, you know, what if we mess up and I send a million dollars to the wrong place? So I think the, the, the thing to keep in mind is, is that this was a default assumption in the crypto community that this problem is there needs to be fixed. Eventually it's going to be fixed in some way, not really sure how or when, and, and so fast forward to 2016, 2017, when Ethereum went live and NFT apps started coming out, uh, well, Matt had this idea of why don't, we, uh, why don't we put identity on the blockchain and make them NFTs? Uh, and that's going to be really easy for people to hold and store. And this is going to, uh, this is, you know, initially they're going to use them for crypto payments, but uh, the hope is, is that they'll use them across the internet as their, uh, as their identity. So... That was the origin. It started with crypto people have this problem and uh, eventually we're going to go and try to fix it for the entire Internet. So when we think of unstoppable domains, should we think of it like a competitor to GoDaddy or is it something completely different that's more redirecting information to a wallet address than a website? Uh, I think it's like what happened with the phone and the smartphone. You know, so, you know, you you had a phone. It did one thing. it, It called people. And now you have a smartphone and it does hundreds of things and you probably use the phone part of it 1% of the time, but you still call it a phone because that was its origin. And I I think the same thing is true for domains. Like it started out with traditional domains really just being for websites and web three domains are for uh, payments, websites, messaging. In the future, we think you're going to use them for VoIP, you know, so you'll be able to call me to my domain name. Uh, you use them for login, you attach profiles similar to like what you would do in social media, except for you own that profile. 
and uh, you can use it in all of your apps. So yeah, just just you know, hundreds more things than a traditional domain name, uh, but its jumping off point was you know was the domain name. Interesting. That's really fascinating. So, as you mentioned, you know, hundreds of things like you've got a ton of like partner integrations already in the short time that you've been alive. You know, what are some of the most notable ones that you know the listeners might recognize? Uh, so, I mean, there's you know there, there there's a bunch. Um, I think you know. Blockchain.com and and and, and crypto.com and, and Rainbow Wallet and Coinbase Wallet would probably some of the probably be some of the some of the most popular, but the the whole idea is that Web three domain names by default don't work anywhere. So the hard part of this you know, it, it is difficult to write code and, and and launch it on the blockchain. But the really hard part here is getting apps to support it. And in order for it to be useful to users, like you need it to work in basically all of the apps, all of the crypto apps that you use. You need it to work for payments and you need it to work uh, as a login to dApps and you need it to work in all of these different ways in order for it to really be useful to you. So we have been focusing since day one on getting as many apps as possible uh, to integrate with us. And I, I believe uh, Unstoppable is the is the most widely integrated uh, Web3 domain name system. And, and that was not an accident. Like we, we put our energy into this, we have a business development team that focuses on this. That's really what is you know it's 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 technology plus it's getting the ecosystem to all support the same thing. That's what makes it it useful. And traditional domain names don't really have this problem because they kind of they, they came to some sort of an agreement relatively early on in their history, and then all browsers would just kind of default all read from the same the same server, the same the same set of uh, of data, and. and that hasn't that hasn't happened here yet. Yeah, what do you think makes a lot of the ecosystem want to accept you versus previous iterations of similar ideas? Like you said, Namecoin in the past. You know, where, why did they fail, and you guys are being so successful? So, I mean, one really big thing is just the underlying technology, which you know, smart contract blockchains. They just they just make everything so much easier for uh, us as app builders and for apps to integrate. So there has become there's a consensus now where there are, uh, you know, Ethereum and other smart contract platforms are widely adopted uh, inside of apps. And that's actually where, where Ensemble focuses. So Ensemble was on Ethereum and now we're on Polygon. And the reason why we were on those technologies is because they're widely adopted by apps. Like to us, that is the critical piece. And I hear so many conversations in crypto about all sorts of brilliant technologies that may actually you know, be technically better, but they didn't figure out how to get apps to support them. And therefore they didn't wind up uh, as useful or as relevant. So this is just, just a reminder for the entire crypto industry. There's two pieces to this. There's building great technology and there's getting people to use it. And just going back in time when Ethereum was going live, 2015, 2016, 2017, Vitalik was on a plane every week convincing people to use Ethereum. It's not like... Uh, he just threw that out there and all of a sudden, you know, it just took off like that was hustled into existence. Um, and I think that's that, that that that's the same thing we're trying to do. And I think that's a great point to really hammer home is that the best tech doesn't always win because even in software, it's still a people industry. And you have to make these networking connections and you have to make people want to work with you and work with what you're building. And I think a great example of that is just Microsoft Windows. 
by pretty much no metric is Windows the best operating system. It never has been in terms of resource management, ease of coding. I mean, it, it could go on and on and on. But Microsoft made those connections with computer builders. So it came in preloaded with everything. Linux is probably the best operating system out there or some flavor of it. But, you know, even 30 years into its existence now, there's only a handful of people that have taken the leap to use it that really, really care about the best tech, the best resource management as opposed to games. But Windows also made the business partnerships with gaming studios and said, we'll build the drivers for your games. Let's work together over here. And they took the market share of basically the entire world, not because they were the best, but because they had the best biz dev. It's so. Really trust like you know there there is a, you know you have to be able to convince people if, if you want people to build on top of your tech you need to be able to convince people that first of all you're going to be there in 10 years and second of all it, you're going to continue to make it better over all of that time so it's not just a question of you know app developers have to take on a much longer time horizon they're trying to launch a business that's going to be able to to sustain itself and and you're a risk to them yeah so, absolutely I, I think trust is a really is a really important part of this, and and that's what we've been trying to establish. Uh, is you know we're going to be here for the long term. Like this is a 10, 20, 30 year problem uh, replacing the existing broken identity systems that, that that operate on the internet. So we've got a really really long journey ahead of us, and that is part of the reason why you should build with us because we have this long horizon, and that that's really what you need in order to to you know pick a tech provider. And in this industry where so many founders are looking for a three to five year exit, that sounds almost unfathomable, but you actually have a working business model, which is unlike most other things in the space. Like you guys have made 80 million sales since 2019. Uh, you, earlier, you guys just reached a billion dollar valuation. So congratulations on that. That is an incredible milestone. You know, what was the hardest part from getting from zero to that point? Yeah, well, you, you mentioned something uh, which I think you know I, I, I take great great pride in, which is that uh, there is no token model for Unstoppable. Uh, we have a product uh, that is Web three domain names; they're NFTs, uh, and, and and users users see value in them and they pay for them. And and I think that is you know that is part of what taking a long term view looks like. And so much of what we see in crypto is. Uh, launch a token, you know, goes up in value. Everyone gets, you know, retirement and, you know, buys their, you know, their, their, their fancy second home. And, and, and that's really kind of it. Like the, the, the incentive is not, uh, is not there to play for the, to play for the long term. It's to kind of see if somebody else will take up the mantle. Is kind of, I think it's kind of the idea. Like maybe the community will, you know, will pick up the slack here and make this happen. But I think that, 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 that doesn't work for apps. Like, you know, you need, developers and biz dev and, you know, all, you know, operations and all, all these things to make a, to make, to make it function. Um, but going, you were also asking about, you know, how, how things got going. We really uh, took, you know, th we, we did some early things with, um, you know, podcasters and YouTubers and, and stuff like that to get the word out, which uh, I think was, was really important when, when no one's heard of you. The thing that really has been driving growth though is integrations with apps. And so, we started out just with crypto wallets, just with the use case for crypto payments. This is 2019 and early 2020. And we said, okay, we need to get into as many wallets as possible because that's what's going to make the domain names useful. And then when we started talking to wallets, we realized, 
hey, this is where all of our users are. And we have something that is kind of nice to offer them, which is we want our users to go to your app. Like we want to send our users to you because that's where you actually use the domains. You don't really use them at unstoppabledomains.com. You just buy them and, and configure them. But when you want to go to use them, you're, you're almost always in a, in a third-party app. And, and so we just realized that we can we can uh, tell tell the story of why domains are important to their users, and that's actually the best way to grow. Uh, and so we are just heavily focused on this. Every time uh, we launch with a, with a crypto app, we try to do education. Uh, we try to make it really easy for those users to be able to claim domains. Like right now in blockchain.com, you can, you know, every, every one of their users who KYCs can, can claim a, a free dot blockchain domain, for example, super easy right inside the, right inside the UI. So stuff like that to make it, that's what works. That's, that's where the crypto users are. And it's also where it makes the most sense. Cause like you, you're using the app, you understand why you would want to, why you would want a, a, a name. Uh, so that's just the most logical place to do it. Does every user need to do KYC in order to get a domain name? It's just a perk uh, that they have. You can always just buy a domain name. This is to get a free domain name, and this is so you don't uh, you don't cheat. So it's just one 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 domain for for one user. That's a rule. They oh, say. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, but you can always just you, you don't need a KYC to buy a domain name. You can just you can just buy a domain name. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. Recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. There's so much backlash going on right now against centralized figures, whether they're companies, governments, I mean, pretty much anyone. I mean, I'm just waiting for, you know, the Girl Scouts to get attacked next. You know, everyone wants companies to convert into a DAO that can be community managed for one reason or another. I don't think that always makes sense. Can you envision a world where you could see dissolving your corporation and having unstoppable domains be governed by a DAO? Or does that just not make sense for your business? Uh, I think there is a perfect version of democracy and governance that may take over in the world. And that could, that could lead to very good things for humanity. I have not seen any of that so far in the current DAOs that I see. So that has not been invented yet, but I think it would be pretty cool. What we see right now are uh, people setting aside like treasuries and then having a group of people vote on it and then having a token that everybody gets to pump up for some reason that has really nothing to do with the task of distributing funds to help an ecosystem grow. So I see ulterior motive in a lot of what's happening uh, with DAOs today that don't do really any of the things that you just mentioned that would be great for humanity. So uh, I think long answer is, uh, yeah, I, I could see new types of governance. I don't know exactly what those would look like, but no one has figured out how to replace the corporation in terms of making humans coordinate towards a singular goal yet. So a few hundred years. Do you think, do you think it just comes down to human laziness that they don't do what they're supposed to do unless they have to? Partially, yeah. I mean, it's all an incentive problem. And, you know, the idea that several hundred people who are loosely affiliated with something uh, are going to figure out how to, how to drive it forward, uh, it's kind of the opposite of what you experience inside of startups. Like, in general, what you experience inside of startups is you've got, you know, one or two kind of crazy uh, visionary people who are just obsessed with this particular problem and for whatever reason, they just spend every waking hour of their day uh, trying to make that happen. Uh, and, and they're able to inspire other people to come along with them, maybe not quite at the same intensity, but uh, able to come along with them. And that's, that, that tends to be what, what has driven innovation uh, in, in, in startups and you know, broadly in entrepreneurship. And you know, the, the DAO is kind of throwing out just completely opposite uh, set of incentives and, uh, I don't see them get a lot done. Uh, and I don't see them. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, there are obviously successful consensus models at low numbers, you know, so you've got some, you know, startups that have a culture of, you know, everybody gets to weigh in, every member of leadership gets to weigh in, every member of a team gets to weigh in, but those numbers are typically sub 10 people. Uh, and so I, I think there, there's, there are some numbers, uh, where we've seen it work into the dozens or into the hundreds. Uh, I just don't think we've seen that work yet. And I think it would be cool. I think it would be, I really liked the, I know it failed, but I really liked the concept of the constitution DAO, not the token for the constitution DAO. I didn't understand why that existed, but I did 
uh, throw some money in for the constitution decks. I thought that was cool. That, that felt like a sort of like a nonprofit use case. Like we can all contribute to this thing and, and, and coordinate together. But the idea that there was some profit to be gained there, I think would be a little bit confusing. Like it, that felt more like a nonprofit endeavor. So I would like to see more nonprofit type DAO endeavors. I think that probably would fit a bit better than like launch a startup as a DAO. I think that's like kind of one of the worst use. I mean, that does not feel like the uh, the fertile ground for DAOs. I would start with nonprofits. That, that's probably a better way to say it. I think that's really, really good insight. You know, like the discussion of Web3 is really like one of the hottest topics in the industry, but it really focuses more on like the application layer of the internet, you know, making a decentralized YouTube, making a decentralized corporation like a DAO, like we were just talking about. But, you know, there's a lot more out there that needs to be done. You know, you've got the domain space, but there's many, many more aspects of the internet from an infrastructure standpoint that need to be addressed. You know, what are some of your favorite projects out there that you've seen that are trying to make a decentralized infrastructure? So I think you, you hit on something which is really important, and I think this gets a little bit confused. In my mind, Web3 equals ownership, uh, control for the user. And I think that is an extremely important feature set. And a lot of the problems that we see today, you know, that we saw with FTX and others, were related to that not being true. And so with a Web3 domain name, for example, you always have the option to custody it, own it, control it yourself with your own keys. That's really important. I think a lot of the way that decentralized finance works, like I love, you know, Compound and Curve and several others, like you have you have figured out a way to put a collateralized loan entirely on the blockchain, which where it's you know it's essentially trustless. I think the same thing is true with Uniswap. I think the same thing is true with OpenSea being able to trade NFTs. So I, I love all of those concepts, and I think they all come back to this one idea of uh, Web three equaling ownership. I think that what we've injected into our world is Web three also equals. Uh, I have a token I pump all the time for some reason. And I feel like that is just a completely unnecessary thing that has been introduced into what are just wonderful, really, really powerful technology breakthroughs across all those areas I just mentioned. So uh, I think we've gotten ourselves a little bit distracted by the token pumping where the infrastructure that we need for a Web3 user-owned world is being built at a rapid pace. Uh, across all these different areas, and 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 it's it's been really amazing to see. But I mean, the two biggest themes would be uh, DeFi and all types of NFTs. Yeah, in my travels across the world this year, I've gone to four different continents just to see what's really happening in this bear market compared to previous ones. And other than prices and you know whale pumping being down, everything else is up in terms of attendees, quality of attendees, money that. New people coming into the space have to invest. Their quality of thought of what they want to invest in has improved greatly. Uh, developer code commits is up like crazy. Uh, there's more building going on in the space now than even in 2021 when prices were flying like crazy. I think it's even better to be a builder these days because there's a lot less noise and you can simply focus on the future. What is your strategy going into a bear market like this where it may extend out several years before you know, you're going to see a big rush of cash again? That's the joke is, is that, um, is that when prices are super high, everyone, like everyone starts, you know, hanging out on yachts, everyone stops coding. And, you know, I mean, this is, I think my, 
maybe my third or third crypto bear, I think that I, that I've witnessed. So I've seen this cycle multiple times. The same thing happens every time. Everybody actually stops working during the bull, bull market. You know, they, they, they continue marketing and they continue doing certain things, but, but uh, the fundamentals, it's, and it's hard because you're essentially like you're inundated with customers. Uh, and the same thing happened with us in 2021. Like we, we couldn't make as many real, real improvements to our tech because we were just trying to keep, you know, keep things functioning uh, when we had this massive influx of users all at once. And so the same thing happens to, you know, pretty much everybody in the crypto space. And when you go back down, it's easier to focus on, on building for the long term, which is great. We love that. And the other thing is it's easier to do real partnerships. Like, you know, in, in the 2021 days, you know, you get your name in the press with the name of some other company and that's enough to drive attention and, and, and users for both. So like this, the substance of what people are focusing users on, uh, the quality of those things goes, goes way up. Like everybody, you know, you know, I want to just drive value to my users rather than, uh, you know, this is, I don't want to say a stunt, but this is a thing that will, you know, get me 10,000 new users real fast or something. So, uh, it's way better building out a partnership network in a down market than in an up market. And also apps are just distracted. Like they have the same problem I was just talking about, which is I'm inundated with new users. I don't have time to integrate a new, you know, a new, you know, web three identity system because my store is breaking. <laughs> my regular business is just actually breaking right now because there's too many users and then things slow down. And all of a sudden I, I say to myself, okay, what's really important. And so we launched in January of 2019. I think when we launched uh, ETH was like $150 or something like that. It was yeah. you know, a very, very low point for the for the industry. And it was great. Uh, everybody was there for the right reasons. Everybody really cared about what was happening. And I think that's how, you know, that's part of how we were able to build a really passionate community uh, because you know, there wasn't, you know, somebody else saying, hey, I can make you, you know, 10x in a month if you do, you know, if you, if you, if you play with this, uh, you know, NFT animal collection or whatever. So yeah, bear markets are, are, are better, uh, in a lot of ways. And I, I personally, uh, find myself feeling better in the bear market than in the bull market. In the bull market, I feel like everyone's going crazy, uh, and everyone's, you know, focusing on, on silly stuff. So I'm actually very uncomfortable during that period of time. And when things go back to, you know, closer to, to fundamentals, uh, I feel, I feel better. And I also feel like it means that, there's fewer scams. There's fewer bad actors uh, in the in those times as well. So, yeah, I, I w- would definitely agree with that. And one of the big wake up calls we had was uh, Hetzner this year announcing they don't want anything to do with crypto and blockchain. One of the biggest data centers in the world uh, basically just cut off, you know, thousands of developers and users, and they said you can't even have a trading bot on here. Like we don't want anything to do with crypto. And that was a, a big wake-up call in the sense that you, even the underlying infrastructure of some of this decentralized stuff is centralized components. And while it doesn't seem like Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud would ever make a policy change like that, we can't in our right mind figure out why Hetzner would either, other than their star for energy over there in Europe. What's it going to take to get startups in crypto and developers to start using some of these decentralized cloud compute platforms 
are the compute platforms that are decentralized like Flux and I and Dfinity, uh, et cetera, et cetera, are they just not mature enough yet? Or is there things like OpenStack that are not crypto native that are viable alternatives? Have you ever considered something like that? Yeah, we looked at it extensively because, you know, our users also want to, you know, they, they, they like building websites with their domains too. And, you know, we made it easy for people to build on IPFS as easy as you can certain things and, you know, tr try to promote that a bit. And, and it's really that uh, those ecosystems are just not mature enough. Uh, I mean, some of it is the underlying tech. Some of it is getting to consensus around what underlying tech we're going to use, which also helps you scale in an ecosystem. And then some of it is the ecosystem itself. Uh, there's also another problem, which is that our phones are not yet powerful enough to be really good private data stores. And a lot of the folks I talk to say that, that once it's easy for your phone to actually be able to be that for you, that is going to make it easier for developers to build, uh, build like self-sovereign data uh, data type tools. And, and we care a lot about this. And we, I think we will be on the, the, the cutting edge as that stuff becomes available. Right now, what we're doing is storing on AWS and uh, your data is encrypted and you decrypt with the private key that controls your domain name. So you control uh, the decryption, but it's, you know, it, it's imperfect. It's, it's not as, uh, not as user controlled as we would like. We're going to be enabling ways for you to do the kind of like full user control if you can manage it. But the people that can manage that are going to be developers, essentially. They're not going to be regular users because it's going to be too complicated. So long answer. Uh, I'm hopeful we're going to get there. I think we're, we're, we're several years away. But we're seeing a glimpse of the future now with some of the tools that you mentioned. So I, I think we know what it looks like uh, enough to know that we really want it. <laughs> um, but we're not we're not quite there yet. Got it. But we're definitely on the way. I mean, we do have a somewhat mature ecosystem for file storage and IPFS. You know, one of the greatest technological innovations of our of our you know, generation, I would say, um, and many other similar things like it. So we've got file storage uh, coming up. We've got decentralized cloud compute in many different forms. It's a big race to the top there. Are there any other sectors of you know hardware on the internet? that um, are trying to be recreated in centralized ways or decentralized ways, I mean, like maybe root domain servers or uh, internet backbones or anything else that you're seeing? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think we're, we're getting close to part of it, which is that you can rely on the blockchain to figure out where to go and find content. So you can put, you know, you can use the, the domain name to you know, store a record and point to you know content and you know really any storage network that you'd like. So that I think is a piece of it. Uh, I think people are looking at wireless uh, as as another as another area. Uh, I'm optimistic about Starlink. I think that's that's starting to go in the right direction, but you know not not all the way there, of course. And uh, then I think the hardware is another is another really big area. And you know we haven't seen a ton of a ton of innovation there. Um, you know, every now and then we hear Apple, Apple say that they're going to do a better job on encryption. I think we just heard something pretty recently saying that they're going to, you know, encrypt all your, you know, all, all your files on, on, um, uh, on iCloud. So we need to obviously wait and see how that winds up turning out, but that's a, that's a good sign, but that market is just not innovating at the rate. You know, there's just not that many players. So, you know, Solana built a phone. I think that's 
that's a sign that there's been multiple crypto phones before that. So I think people are aware Ledger is actually becoming closer and closer to a phone. I don't know if you saw their latest. Uh, yeah, it looks amazing. It looks awesome. I'm, I, I already speaking of which they, they hired the original iPod designer to come build that for them. It's awesome. why. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and, you know, like a special purpose, that's basically like a special purpose, you know, one to three app phone, you know, at, at a certain yeah. point, getting closer to that. And, you know, that's awesome. So I think those are, those are the little hints that the world is giving us uh, around hardware. So I'm, I'm probably, yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic about hardware. I think wireless tends to be pretty regulated. So I think that one has been tougher. Mm, I guess that makes sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What are some of the trends that you're seeing behind the scenes that you think are going to take a big hold in 2023? Ooh, uh, it's hard to predict, but I do think that uh, identity is kind of peaking. I think that uh, identity on the blockchain is one of those very, I think it was, I think it, 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 it peaked later than most of the other things that we saw in this latest bull market. I think we saw uh, DeFi first in, in 2020 uh, and then we saw NFT art, and then we saw NFT collectibles. Uh, there's a couple other trends in there, so apologies to any any good friends who I might have uh, uh, who I might have left out there. Uh, and now we're starting to see you know a lot of the messaging stuff, which uses uh, identifiers and uh, a lot of profile development, decentralized profiles, uh, all all the things that you would think of to be generally in the identity category. So I think. That stuff really started peaking in 2022. And I think that because of that, we're going to see a lot of really cool stuff coming out in 2023. I mean, we're, we're obviously building a bunch in that area, but I think you're going to start to see a lot of different things uh, popping and up. And not as an endorsement, but just as a mention for us to continue to do our own research, who are some of the leading projects that you've noticed that we should pay attention to? Besides yourself, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think I've probably dropped dropped the biggest names that, that that I would be focused on. I guess, you know, one other I think that has been, has become really important in this uh, area is, is alchemy, uh, which makes it very easy for people to uh, get all sorts of data around these apps. Everybody else is super early. So like, this is the, that's why I'm saying this is a 2023 wave. So I'm not ready to name folks because I think everybody needs to deliver. I, I mean, I can think of, you know, 10 companies I've seen who I'm optimistic about, but I just, I just, I think they need to, they need to do it first. Uh, and, fair. That's a fair answer. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what I'm looking for. One of the things I'm looking for is um, 
all of this really cool targeting around crypto users. You know, so I know that, you know, you're a DeFi whale and I know, um, you know, this or that other thing about you. Maybe I know some things about your, your, your Twitter profile and therefore I'm able to uh, give you access to special products or put products in front of you that you're going to like. And it's your data. You control it. It's 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 sort of it's, it's better than traditional advertising. Uh, and I think when you get recommendations that are awesome, you're happy. Like the reason why ads suck is because they're bad. Like I get shown all yeah. the weird stuff that I don't want all the time. And 5% of it maybe is interesting. And, and that's why ads are bad uh, beyond being creepy. If I control my data and they were good, and, and I, I use ad as a term very loosely. What I think you're going to do is we have these profiles that we've been building up on crypto networks and that will allow us to be able to discover better products and get better services and et cetera. Yeah. I think it really is just the creepiness of the ads these days that are really a turn off even more than the ads themselves. For instance, on Instagram, I'm always getting this ad for fur resistant bed sheets. And this is a great product that I need. I'm like, how do they know? But I mean, I don't post pictures of my cat all over my Instagram for them to know that, you know, I have a cat. So how are they figuring this out? Are they listening to my conversations as I'm yelling at my cat? I have no idea. Somebody bought your purchase history, most likely. And this is this is this is one of the biggest leaks is through like the credit cards or the credit agencies or uh, other financial institutions. So if they just see that, you know, you bought cat litter, you know, once a month or whatever, then, you know, they, they got you. And it's yeah. crazy that that stuff is is legally allowed to be sold all over the place. And yeah. we, we see things like a thousand times a day per person, your data gets sold, something like that. Um, so it's just, it's just a, it's just a crazy, crazy thing. And, and, and first of all, that is, you know, a violation of our privacy. And, and second of all, they're stealing wealth from us because what happens in, in a Web3 world is if I control my data and I decide what happens with it, I'm the one that profits instead of all those ad, ad providers. And I'm going to profit in terms of things like, like I'm expecting we'll see in 2023, which is, you know, if I'm a more valuable user, I get some special offer. I get some special product. I get some special service. And, and that's me capturing the value instead of that, that ad company. So I think that's, that's another really big piece of it. And because the products are free. All these products that are ad ad supported are free. We don't see how much money they're stealing from us. That is a very difficult. It's almost like hard to. It's hard to even calculate unless you look at their profits. You look at their profits, yeah. you get a guess. I think it's important to think of our data as digital resources. Like if someone was farming your land and taking all the nutrients out of your soil, even if you weren't farming, you'd be pissed because that's yours. And I don't think we've got the same amount of awareness or outrage of what's being done to our digital resources, because like you said, we haven't seen the number. We are the serfs on the internet. We don't, we don't own anything. We are just the, we are just the workers for no profit. Um, it is a, it is a crazy state to find ourselves in. And it doesn't sound at all like the internet that we thought we were signing up for back in the nineties. Um, yeah. So I, I think we really got off track and I think that's, that's the hope. Uh, for Web3 and for uh, identity on the blockchain is to, is to get us back. Yeah, well said. Well, before we let you go, is there any questions I should have asked you, but I didn't? 
Uh, probably just what we've been up to most recently. And uh, I think probably the thing, uh, the thing that, I, that I would suggest folks check out is stuff around your digital profiles. So after you get your domain name, there's all sorts of other stuff you can do. You can attach various information to your domain. There is a uh, contact method uh, that doesn't show your, uh, doesn't expose your email to, to various providers. So with when you log in with your domain name into DAPS, uh, they can give you certain, uh, certain information without you having to uh, expose any of your data. Uh, so I would go and play around with that. Uh, you can also you can also show all, 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 a whole bunch of different badges, so you can show essentially like that you're a DeFi DGen and that you know uh, how many of this type of NFT you own, etc. So you, it's kind of a way to it's a way to show your your crypto reputation. Cool, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to have to go play around with it uh, as soon as I'm done with lunch over here. And then lastly, you know, who's one person that you really admire in the crypto space? You've been around forever. You've met some of these OGs back when they were just starting. Who really inspires you to keep on building and doing what you're doing? You know, there's there, there's a lot of people that I think uh, that, that I think have have participated in a lot of different ways. So I'll I'll, I'll give an answer of somebody who I think has been very consistent, uh, and that's uh, that's Pomp and. Uh, I, I think the thing that is, and you know, he and I disagree on all sorts of things, uh, but I think the thing that's very unique about him is his consistency and moral compass, um, given, given everything that's going on. And I don't hear a lot of self-reflection in, in crypto world when things uh, go in the wrong direction, when things get too speculative. Uh, I feel like we're just kind of like <laughs> making the same mistakes over and over again. And uh, I, I don't hear a lot of people, um, you know, call it out. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one that does. And I, I appreciate that. I think that helps keep me sober and, and, and keep me focused. And, and, and I wish that there was more of that. I, I wish that, you know, there was more reflection on, you know, what causes all these crazy bubbles and, you know, who profited from it. And, you know, can we ask them to not do that next time? That sort of thing. Great answer. Anthony Pompliano, one of the good guys in this space. Another great podcaster as well. You'll have to check out the Pomp podcast. Uh, but that's it for now here at Crypto 101. Brad, thank you so much for spending the last 40 minutes with us. Where can people reach out and follow you for more of your thoughts and insights? Yeah, so the best place is uh, is uh, at Unstoppable Web uh, on Twitter. That's the best place to, to, to hear what's going on and kind of hear, you know, hear how we're thinking about identity and things and then of course please you know check out unstoppabledomains.com and see how it all works it's always easier to understand if you're playing with it than uh if you're just hearing about it absolutely i've learned best hands-on i'm sure many of our listeners do too so we're all going to go check out unstoppable domains and that's all for today we'll see you same time next week When you 
you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.